0: Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Saar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. And this is our midweek audio only Bible teaching. We have been walking through God's Word one chapter a week. We began a few years ago now in Genesis 1, and today we get to Leviticus chapter 21. Now, as we say every week, if you've never read this chapter, if you've not read Leviticus 21 in the recent past, go ahead, press pause, read it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the Word. So we've had a couple of weeks break. We had Easter. We had a public holiday here. We had a guest staying in our house. And all of that to say, we've just not found the time Uh, to sit and study and record and edit and upload and publish podcasts. Um, But we're back. We're back with Leviticus 21. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about the priests. And as always, we want to find a a really clear thread to Jesus. How this ancient text uh, written in a place and a time and a culture and a language that so many of us are so detached from. We want to see what it means for us today and how it points us to Jesus. So Leviticus 21, we're talking about holiness and the priests, and we read in verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, no one shall make himself unclean for the dead among his people except for his closest relatives, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his brother, or his virgin sister. So the big principle at the start of this chapter to know is that the priests had a very special role in God's covenant community. They represented God to the people. And then they also represented the people before God. Now, if you've been around uh, churches for a little while, you've been reading the Bible for a while, you consider yourself quite biblically literate, straight away there, there's going to be a connection to Jesus who's described in the New Testament as the, the, the only mediator between God and man, representing God to us and us to God uh, and he fulfills that role in ways that the priests never could because again the new testament teaches that Jesus is fully God God in the flesh and he was also truly human as well so straight away right off the bat we're talking about the priests they've got this very uh, representative role uh, people to God God to people and with that huge privilege comes a massive responsibility and The first thing we see that set out in is this command to uh, not go near dead bodies. You're going to defile yourself. Uh, It's going to profane the name of their God, we read uh, in verse 6. And very simple, that means it's going to dishonor, it's going to shame. Their role in the community is one of holiness, as we just said, but it's also one of life. They're representing uh, gods to the people the method the the source of true life so physically day by day in all but the most extreme circumstances priests you're not going to go near death because the role that you have in the community is one of life and vibrancy and reverence and holiness and so Being around dead bodies is kind of the antithesis of that, isn't it? And we read that when death happens in the community, the priests are not going to make bald patches on their head, nor shave off the edge of their beards, nor make any cuts on their body. Now, again, we're talking to the priests in this covenant community, in this place at this time. This is not you and me. Uh, We can't bend misuse and abuse this verse to say, oh look, uh, people uh, can never be bald, uh, must have big bushy beards, and uh, can never tattoo themselves, because I guess what that is, that's what it means. Well, again, with a bit of context, first we're talking to the priests in this community. Second, verse 5 here is the mourning practices of the pagan nations around God's people in this place. At this time, they would shave off the, the hair on the top of their head. In mourning, they would cut off their beards. Uh, in mourning, they would cut themselves in grief and in despair. You can read about that in First Kings 18, verse 28. So all of that to say, the priests have been told, look, you've got this huge responsibility to represent God to the people, the people to God, You're not going to conduct yourself like the pagan priests all around you. You need to be holy, separate, distinct. Uh, There are then rules, guidelines for the marriages of priests. Again, the big point we read there halfway through verse 8. God shall be holy to you. uh, The priest shall be holy to the people. For I, the Lord who sanctify you, am holy. They're representing God to the people who is holy Separate, distinct, pure, righteous. So, the conduct that you are going to have amongst God's people needs to be that. If they're going to look at you as a, not quite a physical representation, because that would make the people, the priests, like God, wouldn't it? But if they are the closest thing in your community that the people can look at to see the character the nature the conduct of God then look priests it's going to it's really serious it's really important that you take this seriously and you live out this huge responsibility now in our day now for you and me this is not quite true anymore is it it's changed it's been fulfilled by Jesus and as the full-time pastor of a church. I'm so grateful that it is, because if our church community here could look only to me to see what God's character and conduct and nature was like, they would be really disappointed. And I'm so grateful that it's now not my job to physically represent God in a community, because he knows, and I know, I'm just as fallen and fallible as everybody else in the community. But it's my job to point people consistently to Jesus who represents to them the character, the nature, the conduct of God. And we talked about that over Easter. uh, Philippians 2, the language that Paul uses, communicates, teaches us that that was the role Jesus had in heaven, representing God in a visible form to the heavenly beings. And he exchanged that role In heaven for that role on earth by taking on flesh and representing god to us and again as the pastor of a church i'm so unbelievably grateful because if people were looking to me uh they would be pretty disappointed i'm sure a lot of these rules are then reiterated in verses 10 to 15 for the high priest now architecturally think of the temple you know you've got the outer courts the inner courts the holy place the most holy place all these levels of holiness, of access, of the presence of God. Uh, this is also mirrored in the requirement, the conduct of the priest, but then the high priest as well. Somebody who would enter but once a year the presence of the Lord um, is a higher call. Therefore, his responsibility, his the call on his conduct is is higher to go with the higher call of God on his life and it's things are ramped up things like um priests can't be around dead bodies look high priest even if it's first degree family members um, again similar rules just taken all that more seriously as the call to holiness was all that more serious for the high priest now again in hebrews we read that jesus becomes our high priest uh, that he is the ultimate example of, as we just said, God in human form living in our community. And what was previewed and kind of foreshadowed, a little bit smoky and shadowy with the high priest, was laid out for all to see uh, with Jesus. All these high priests constantly lived, died, lived, died. Jesus, we read in Hebrews, this wonderful exposition of why he is an ultimate, the better the best high priest we could possibly have. So I'd really encourage you to go and read that. I think it's Hebrews kind 9, 10, and 11. As we get towards the end of this chapter, there is a passage that says very, very simply that if uh, members of the priestly tribe, the priestly family, had physical defects, then they were not allowed to serve as priests. They could still partake of the bread of the presence, they could still be in right relationship with God. They just couldn't serve uh, in the same kind of roles as the other priests in their family. Now, we might read this and we might think, that's really unfair. Why would that be? And again, if you read around this, there are going to be different explanations. But I think the one, for me at least, that makes the most sense that uh, ties in with the context of this chapter, is that the physical here, what is being done, how it's being done in day-to-day physical life, is being representative, or is representative, of a spiritual truth. Uh, So we read that... um, None of your offspring throughout the generations, we're in verse 17 now, who has a blemish may approach to offer the bread of his God. And then there's a list of about 12 kind of physical defects. And again, it's it's very easy to take this out of context and say, look, God's very prejudiced and not well, not very welcoming or inclusive of people with physical disabilities. Not what this chapter is teaching. The chapter is teaching that, look, if we are going to be in the presence of God, we need to be unblemished spiritually. How to best represent that? Well, look, the priests need to be free from blemish physically. It's not a, a it's not a perfect way of representing it. It makes sense, we get it. Um but it just on, on some level it doesn't quite sit right with us. And I think that's a very good thing. First because it, it, it helps us to remember that whether well, how Whether people are as physically abled as us, whether they're differently physically abled, whether they're born with um, uh, involuntary, through no choice of their own uh, problems with their physical body, that we should still love and value and respect them, that that their life has uh, inbuilt and innate dignity. So it reminds us to flatten that, but it also helps us to, again, look forward to Jesus, a time... And a situation wherein, do you know what? None of that matters anymore. That was in this place at this time to teach this truth, to help people see forward, to look forward, to long for the day when none of that stuff would matter. And there's a Bible uh, commentator, kind of uh, Bible teacher called John Trapp. And he wrote about this, how it points us to Jesus. He said... Our involuntary weaknesses shall not debar us from benefit by Christ. So yet in this place at this time, there's these different rules, how you were able to serve based on who you were. All of that stuff melts away with Jesus as the high priest. Jesus is our access to God. He is the way we can be in a holy and righteous God's presence because he has offered that once for all sufficient sacrifice that allows us to be there regardless of, as John Trapp said, our own involuntary weaknesses. So yeah, it doesn't sit well that your physical condition would uh, prevent you from serving in certain ways. That's a good thing because it helps us to look forward to the time that we're living in now when it doesn't matter anymore. It is just through Jesus. Leviticus 21 is not the longest chapter in the Bible by any means, but there are still a couple of great uh, previews, a couple of wonderful truths there about Jesus. Next week in Leviticus 22, this theme, holiness and the priesthood, continues. But until then, God bless.